sense of, of course, it's not any one thing, but of what some of the influences or, or variables or like, what is it about this moment right now? Do you think that's pushed people who were not paying attention to wake up to these more systemic Anybody can get sick. Yeah. Disease is indiscriminate. It don't care how much money you have. Uh, of course, you think you can run to your hideout in the Hamptons or upstate or wherever. Yeah. It can get you there too. Mm -hmm. So you, it's this vulnerability. Yes, vulnerability. That's a good word. Mm -hmm. We share, we all share this vulnerable, vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I think in part that's, that is what is waking people up. And then two, here again. The poorest among us are suffering. Mm -hmm. And poor means also you're at the mercy of poor health care and poor diet. Mm -hmm. Diet is so, the food that you eat transforms the body. Are you Ayurveda, food is medicine. And if you can't get the right food to keep you healthy, you develop diabetes, obesity, all these things that lay you open to this disease now. Mm -hmm. We're seeing and the poorest among us are those people of color. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the poor, which you, maybe you have them more upstate New York, poor white people more upstate New York and mm -hmm. in places like West Virginia and and company towns around America. We see people in the meatpacking industry and all these industries where people are crammed in a factory and they have to work close together, coming down with the disease. Mm -hmm. I think that, that has to do with the wake up too. Is that an ambulance taking somebody to the hospital? Well, yeah, hearing the, the sirens reminds me of, or just brings to my attention how for a while when COVID was first peaking, in, March, in March, April, it was the constancy of sirens and now how it's switched mm. over to now helicopters, to the helicopters, which sort of makes us think that the sirens have stopped, but they haven't. They haven't. They haven't. Mm -hmm. They haven't. Yeah, these, these kind of crises are happening at the same time. And mm -hmm. a sense now, even just walking around the streets, like I went to the dentist today, yeah. Midtown Manhattan, 42nd Street, at 11 o'clock in the morning. Wow. People are paying attention. Mm. Everybody on the street there with face covering mask. Mm -hmm. um, very few people on the street. Still. On 42nd Street and Lexington Avenue, mm -hmm. midday. Mm -hmm. Few people, a handful of people on the street. On the corner there, some homeless white woman. And that's, didn't used to see homeless white people. Another wake up. She had a 
her arm had her wrist or something had been broken she there with the sign the man at the corner there 42nd and lexington another sign telling people where to go to get pizza like there's so many pizza like <laughs> lunch lunch seekers on the street midday thursday midday looking for pizza <laughs> and his boss got his him out there <laughs> Pointing the way to the pizza shop in the middle yeah. of the block. Uh-huh. Oh. But he, he's working. Yeah. He got a job. He's some piece job. of job. Mm-hmm. But pizza shop down the street there. Mm-hmm. Not that anybody was rushing to get a slice. Mm-hmm. But just the incongruity of the scene the corner street scene is a poem in itself the pizza man just a step away from being on the sidewalk sleeping on the sidewalk with this poor white woman and a black hang a black man too direct into where you can get pizza and the poor white woman homeless there with her her shopping bags and such and she's not an old woman with the broken hand incongruous scene and here I come from the dentist just trying to make it as fast as I can to get on the subway that's empty (laughs) to get back home incongruity this is some kind of living in a and maybe more and more people are feeling this where am I this is and this idea of getting back to norm normal, mm. I don't want to go back to normal. Mm. Normal was when how many hundred thousands of George Floyds got choked and shot on the street. Mm-hmm. No, we don't want to go back to normal. We got to do better than get back to normal. Yeah. New normal. Mm-hmm. New vision. But it's hard to have a vision. I think vision comes out of necessity like my father always taught used to tell me you know if you're gonna be if you want to go into a business you're never gonna be a millionaire working a job he used to say uh. but if you want if you think you can make a business it has to come from something that people need something that you first need right. to make to offer to other people. And then you have to have a passion behind it. And maybe that entrepreneurial sense was translated into my work with the cafe, because certainly the passion was there for so many of us who became part of New Yorican. And you didn't have to be Puerto Rican. You didn't have to be Caribbean necessarily. Although in the beginning, most of us were. We were the other. And I'm sure there were there were white people who came, who lived, poor white people in the Lower East Side, who came to us, became part of the New Yorkian community. So, vision comes out of necessity. So, and, you know, I'm looking around now for leaders. Who are these leaders? Somebody to hold it up and say, we create, come, 
We need to create the vision together. Where are they? Where are they standing up? I haven't heard them yet. Mm. Maybe because I'm not such a, uh, you want to say, an internet, a tech, with all that kind of facility, which comes from your age, you have it. I don't quite yet. I'm trying to catch up a little bit. Do you hear voices on the net with vision? I mean, besides from QAnon, which is more conspiracy-oriented, paranoid. Do you mean like uh, beyond, outside of electoral politics? Yes. Yeah. Vision for movement, vision for soul, vision for spirit, people. To it's more than the dollars and cents. How do we just get to dollars and cents? Yes, they're important. But beyond that, move beyond that. It's like we are right now in a moment of a lot of rupture and a lot kind of just Rupture is a really good word. Mm. Broken. Broken. I was thinking last night, I started writing a little something about broken. The sense of you know, with my own self, my I had a, a friend I used to teach with, Rebecca Wiener. One time I was really broken. A, a close friend of mine had died. And she said, well, you know, you break to repair. And that has always stood with me. When you're broken, how do you repair? And do we know what it was easy with my leg, you know? To understand I'm broken now I got to repair but do we know we are living in a broken system do we know when it's broken that we're living in the break and how what kind of exercises do we need to heal this break and in a funny kind of way I think we see this protest and people risking their lives do they understand they're risking their lives? I mean, I think back to the 60s. Marching in civil rights movement. Did I really understand how I was risking my life? I just did it because I had to do it. Maybe these young people, some of them, I, I'm doing it. I have to do this. I have to be part of it. Like... Cousin Tim, who moved away, he's in Boston now teaching. He says, you know, I, I, I just have to get out there. I would too if I could run. Yeah. You want to be a part. and But you want to be a part of something that is bigger than you. Mm -hmm. Because then you can really carry it. Mm -hmm. You know, a vision. You look, you join... Is bigger than you and it's bigger than any one person can do mm. and on a certain level I think the virus has pushed us to that along with being woke to the systemic inequities in this American society yeah. not just for black people or people of color and disease 
provoking us all to think, oh, I could get sick too. It could be me too. Mm -hmm. It could be my mother too. So, and this thing about mask wearing, mm -hmm. oh, you, you know, in the very, very, very near future, if not already, how many mask poems are we going to have? Right? I'm thinking mm -hmm. if I were back in the cafe, Julio and I would be in the back, mm -hmm. up, nudging each other. Here come another mask poem. Yes, there are going to be thousands of them written. Mm -hmm. I'm going to write one too. Right. You're going to write one? <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to be observer and subject at the same time. Mm -hmm. I'm finding it, I've discovered that, you know, working with you and our archive project mm -hmm. on some sometimes you know going through all those boxes and things and books and things I have my catching myself is oh who was that person mm -hmm. and trying to observe and think well who was that woman then this is what year 1998 19, 19, who was she mm -hmm. right in this can you speak a little bit to how the necessity for the New York and Poets Cafe Founders Archive Project started? Because Miguel and I retired from the day-to-day -day workings mm -hmm. and the successors we thought we were putting in charge to carry the mission of the cafe, which has always been to provide a community for artists, to showcase the freshest work that's coming into New York City, which is a great port city, a world known port city, to be able for the artists to move from the sidewalk to the stage, our mission, bottom line, people were not keeping it. And my frustration and anger about all of that, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do to get back? You know, just plain revenge was not enough. It has to be bigger than that. Mm. And it have to, you know, moving in that direction, understanding well, this movement is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. And being impassioned by that, thinking people who would come to me and say, oh, can I get a date on the stage? I'd just pull out the date book and say, okay, what date? No longer that the case. And how can I use what I have learned from what, 30 some odd years of work in that and trying to provide for myself, not thinking that this work is going to provide for me except in ways that are spiritual and feed my, my artist hunger to be close to in communication with other artists. How can I do that? And hearing from artists who said, well, you know, the people there at the cafe now, they're not like you. 
They want me to put up money so I can be on the stage. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to go there anymore. But this is a place you help build. And thinking, let me start this archive. Maybe that's how I should start. And then starting it just from the need, for the need. It's mm -hmm. taken, taken what, almost five years now mm -hmm. for the need. Mm -hmm to, I don't want to say preserve, but to recognize the contribution of all of these artists who created the New Eurekan and in the creation of the New Eurekan has fed the nation and the world mm -hmm. in terms of style, in terms of tone and content of what goes into art, what's important how art can be used, not just as a, a personal tool of expression, but like we, like we see in, in the work of, obviously, Amiri Baraka, so, who was part of our work from way back in the 19, the end of the 60s and 70s, when we did, I remember the first play he did at the cafe in the 70s, in the old cafe was a piece he called uh, what has the Lone Ranger to do with the means of production and back then he was exposing and he was part of the black arts movement you know all those people were coming around to the Lower East Side you talk to David David Henderson and he tell you in the Lower East Side they were coming together like that mm -hmm. when people weren't clear even black people weren't clear it's all about the money it's all about the money you want to think racism discrimination okay okay that too but bottom line is all about the money and how he put that idea baraka put that idea forth and for many myself i admit included it was a revelation damn you're right Man, it's about the money. Not so much about the color of the skin. It's about the money. It's about the green. Mm -hmm. So you ask about how did I uh, catch upon creating the archive? And then, too, it comes, you know, like Martin Luther King Jr. in his, in his letter from Birmingham jail, he talks about the zeitgeist. You know, I had seen, you know, in my school in that word so many times, but never had I understood it till I really read him mm -hmm. and saw how he used it to point to every time has a, a kind of, and it's a German word meaning time ghost. Right. Every time has a, a, a sensibility about it. Mm -hmm when things begin to really crystallize. And I think we've come to this moment, it's taken us disease, it's taken us how many deaths of people of color in this country to understand we're not so far from those lynchings. The last major one happened in the 90s when um, that man Bird got dragged to death by the neck 
in Texas. It's time. It's time. And I think we've come to a moment like that. And I think a lot of people are feeling that. The zeitgeist brings it together for to look at archives too. I'm hearing more, you know, through this going to this university, that university, talking to even how I met you to make this New Eurekan Poets Cafe Founders Archive happen in reality. Mm -hmm. I hear archives talked about more and more. Yeah. So was it a subconscious kind of thing? Mm -hmm. For me, it came out of the need. I gotta do something, I gotta do something. Because these these poets are getting up, talking like, and then white poets coming in the cafe, like they don't re understand whose shoulders they're standing on. Mm -hmm. Do they not? And black poets getting up, sounding like Amiri in his prime. Mm -hmm. Do they not understand whose shoulders they're standing on? Mm -hmm. So is that who the archive is for? Who's it for? It's for this next generation. Mm -hmm. It's a, uh, you can't know what that old say, you, you don't know where you go unless you know where you come from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's that. Mm -hmm. And don't think you made it up by yourself. Don't be so vain. Mm -hmm. you, didn't, you didn't get here by yourself. You have all these people who, whose shoulders you're standing on. Mm -hmm. And remember that, that you leap, you make the leap from here into the next realm. Mm -hmm. When you too will come to a point and you will say, well, you know who influenced me? So and so and so. Mm -hmm. Can you speak a little more to, to your hopes for the, for the archive? Like, what do you hope it, it will? Accessibility. Mm -hmm. You know, and now that we're seeing um, in this generation, I'm talking like I'm already dead. I'm not, I'm still alive still and kicking, still fighting. So. Mm -hmm. La lucha, sigue la lucha. Mm -hmm. For people to be able, for young poets, eventually for all of these materials and all these boxes we got here still waiting to go mm -hmm. into some library, eventually they become digital so that some, some kid in another 20, 25, 50 years can go online and say, oh, yes, I see. They did this new Eurekan and oh, wow. This kind of poem that Zaki is was writing and reciting then, oh, this is what we're doing. Oh, this is where that comes from. Oh, well, this is going to influence me and um, inspire me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to fly on her voice. Mm -hmm. She give me wings mm -hmm. like that. Yeah.